Are there any Lord of the Rings fans in the congregation today? Maybe? All right, there's some hands. That's good. Well, so I've been listening to The Hobbit on audiobook recently, probably because I hate Amazon's Rings of Power so very much. And I wanted to return to the sources. And I'm at the point, if, if you've ever read the book, I'm at that point in the story where Bilbo and all of those dwarves are lost in Mirkwood. It's this terrible and dark, evil-infested forest. And if you remember, there's this one scene where Bilbo climbs up to the top of the trees to just see how much farther they have to go. How much farther they have to go in order to finally break through this forest and get to the other side. But when his head pops above the canopy, his heart drops. Oh, he's just so sad what he sees because all he can see all around for miles and miles and miles are more and more trees. It's just this endless sea of trees. So he goes back down and he reports this depressing news to the dwarves waiting down below. And they begin to despair. They begin to give up hope. They're exhausted. They're weary. They're low on food and water. They can't go on much farther. What they don't realize, though, is that Bilbo's view from the top of those trees was obscured by this ring of hills that were all around them. So what seemed like an endless sea of trees was actually just kind of the result of them being down in this bowl or this gully. In reality, the edge of the forest, the end of this terribly dark portion of their journey was, was very, very near to an end. But they couldn't see it. And so instead of persevering, the dwarves panicked. They stopped their forward progress, and they begin to wander off trail in hopes of finding fresh supplies. And I'll let you read the rest of the book yourself to find out what crazy adventures they get themselves into from there. But the point I'm trying to make here is very clear. That was not the time for them to stop. That was not the time for them to stop. No, that was precisely the time for them to push forward confidently, to persevere. It was time for them to keep moving on together as a team, supporting one another and encouraging one another. If they had only done that, they would have easily broken through Mirkwood and they would have been well on their way. But nobody was there to say, now is not the time to stop. Maybe that's what Aaron and Hur said to Moses in our first reading today, that, that awesome story where as long as Moses kept his hands up, as long as he persevered, the battle went well. They saw his arms start to weaken and, and droop lower, and they saw that the battle was going worse and worse with Amalek and, and his followers. And that maybe they cried out, just a little bit longer, Moses, hold up those arms, persevere, keep praying, keep interceding. Keep offering yourself for us. Our troops are going to win. If you can just keep your hands raised, if you can just keep praying a little bit more, we're so close. Don't stop.
stop. Now, the Lord is fighting for us. And so what do they do? Well, they, they bring over that big rock, right? So that Moses can sit down and rest. And they even help themselves physically, right? They, they actually raise up Moses' hands. We read that they supported his hands, one on one side and one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. What a beautiful reminder for us that we need one another. We need the whole church. Nobody goes to heaven alone. We need one another to persevere. But even deeper, right? Pope Benedict brings this up. We can compare that image of Moses raising up his hands as the battle goes on down below, up on that mountain. We can compare that image to Jesus with his arms raised up on the cross. What a powerful truth to meditate on. Jesus standing as though slain with his arms held up by those nails. We might even call to mind the image of the priest at Mass raising up his hands, raising up Jesus, raising up the sacred host. Jesus is on the cross persevering so that we might win the battle for our souls down here below, so that we might fight the good fight of faith here in this valley of tears. Because I don't know if you're aware of this, maybe you're already well aware of this, but whether we want to admit it or not, we are in a fierce battle right now. We have an enemy that is actually set against us and our family and our friends. He's an adversary of our good. In the gospel we just heard proclaimed, the widow cries out to the unjust judge, that dishonest judge, over and over, right? She cries out, render a just decision for me against who? My adversary. My adversary. We have a very powerful adversary, and he's smart, and he absolutely hates us. Most of all, he hates the fact that there is still hope for each one of us to finally come into our full inheritance and be with God forever in heaven one day. This reality of our enemy, the devil, our adversary, is supported by very clear church teaching and all of sacred scripture, which Paul in our second reading today uh, to St. Timothy says is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, for refutation, for correction, and for training in righteousness. We find in Scripture clear evidence of the reality, the existence, and the activity of this adversary. One verse comes to mind from the letter of St. Peter. Be sober and alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. What does that mean? Well, it means that the devil has a whole arsenal of temptations at the ready to try to distract and destroy us. Fears, anxieties, doubts, weariness, discouragement, heaviness. He has all of that stuff at his disposal 
in order to try to make us do what? Well, most of all, he wants us to forget that God loves us, that God loves you. He wants us to give up, to despair, to stop, to stop relying on the help of God. But we're not going to do that, are we? No, we're not going to do that because we know and believe as our psalm so beautifully put it this morning that our help is in the name of, our, of the Lord who made heaven and earth. We all know as Christians, baptized believers, that now is not the time to stop. Now is not the time to stop believing. Now is not the time to stop praying. The world desperately needs Christians who are out there persevering in the faith. Christians out there resisting temptation and overcoming sin, not on their own power, but in the name of Jesus. We need Catholics who come to this altar every single Sunday receiving the Holy Eucharist and allowing it to set their entire lives on fire. We need disciples who are out there interceding boldly like Jesus on the cross, like Moses up on that mountain. Sometimes I wonder, we have that moment in the Mass every Sunday, right? After we pray the creed together, the, the prayers of the faithful, the intercessions. I find myself wondering sometimes as we, as we pray those, do we realize what we are doing in that moment? Do we believe God will give us what we are asking for in those intercessions? Do we really believe that those prayers are going to be answered? Or, and I, I find myself kind of doing this myself, are these intercessions we pray becoming just more empty words? Are they just positive vibes, as some people say today, directed towards all of the, the humans in our lives? Are we just sending out thoughts and prayers for this cause, for that tragedy, for this sick person? Are they just kind of positive, positive desires? Or do we believe they're going to participate in God's victory, in this, this battle that we're in? Because in reality, when we pray together like that, we're raising our hands together as the body of Christ, we are fighting for the whole world. We're pleading the blood of Jesus upon all souls. We are confidently expecting to receive everything that we need from the hands of our good and just judge. And more than a judge, he's our father. God is our father who art in heaven. As Jesus said in our gospel today, will not God, God our Father, secure the rights of his chosen ones who call out to him day and night? Will he be slow to answer them? I tell you, he will see to it that justice is done for them speedily. But when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? So if you have faith, or if you really want more faith, then 
keep your hands raised in prayer. Pray always without becoming weary. Hold on. God is supporting you. Stand your ground. Trust and believe. Because this fight ain't over yet. Victory is near, even if it seems a long way off. The edge of Mirkwood is not very far away in the grand scheme of things. Our life is short. I know how hard it is to keep your hands raised until the final victory comes. It takes faith to be so persistent, whether it's convenient or inconvenient, as St. Paul exhorted Timothy in that second reading. Most of the time, if we're honest with ourselves, it would be a lot more convenient for us to just drop our arms, stop praying, stop coming to Mass, leave the church, abandon our vocations, our responsibilities, our promises, our obligations, and just pretend like none of what we believe actually is true or that it matters at all. But I urge you, don't give up. Don't panic. Don't stop. You're almost through Mirkwood. Our help is in the name of the Lord. Now is certainly not the time to stop.